0: Hello, and welcome to the Green Tea Party,
1: where we discuss conservative solutions to environmental problems. I'm Katie Zakraski.
0: My name is Zach Torpy. Together, we will guide you through complex issues and provide strategies to address them.
1: All while remaining faithful to our conservative values.
0: Oh, and we'll have fun too.
1: Yeah, it's a party. So grab your mugs and we'll pour the tea. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, So glad you're returning to another episode of Green Tea Party Radio. You'll notice that our co-host Hannah is out today. Hopefully she's taking advantage of this beautiful weather that we've got all over the United States. Hopefully it's a little bit uh, cooler in her neck of the woods than it is in mine. But I think she said she was on a camping trip. So I'm not going to fault somebody for missing out on Green Tea Party Radio for enjoying the environment because that's what it's all about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she's having a blast up in the mountains in Utah. I really need to get out there. They look like real beauties. I hear nothing but good things.
1: I know. This is finally that time of year where all the leaves are changing colors. It is just nice to be out. Everything smells like a campfire. So uh, like I said, I'm not going to fault somebody for being out and about in the world. Uh, I I think everybody should listen to Green Tea Party Radio while you're out camping and sightseeing and enjoying the leaves changing colors. So feel free to take us with you on the road or wherever you go when you're exploring the great Mother
0: Nature. (laughs) Yes and today we'll be talking about faith which I am not so well versed in and we'll actually <laughs> definitely have to let Hannah get her points in later but Katie you are much more faithful than I am. I was going to say how does your how does your faith impact your view of the environment?
1: Well, thank you for asking Zach and as you mentioned, you know this is something that we'll have to touch on in a future episode as well because Hannah is also really religious. But I wanted to give my perspective for this episode. And, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes that I grew up conservative Catholic, Polish Catholic here in the South. So that's always played a pretty pivotal part in my environmental story. Even, you know, when it wasn't directly related to climate change, it was related to caring for, you know, God's works around us and being a good steward of the earth. Something came across my news dashboard the other day, and I figured it was worth sharing in today's episode. Pope Francis, who published a 184-page encyclical letter in May of 2015 called Laudato Si, which focuses on caring for creation, the relationship between God and humans and taking care of the earth, he announced in late August that he was going to be writing a follow-up document to that. He just kind of announced it like off the cuff to a group of lawyers that he was meeting with that hey, you know, I think the current climate issues have become so pressing in the last eight years since I wrote that encyclical that it's worth having an update. Pope Francis challenging world leaders to fight global warming before it's too late. The pontiff telling the UN the world is quickly reaching a point of no return and steps need to be taken to prevent even more damage. This latest call is aimed at getting the UN to set binding targets during its next set of talks in Dubai. That was something that surprised a lot of people within my Catholic circle. And of course, the first letter addressed climate change took a lot from saints and church figures who had been very environmentally sound or very environmentally conscious and really emphasized some of the things that they had said. And a lot of other high-ranking officials in the Catholic Church have started to chime in ever since the Pope announced in August that he would be writing this update. People were weighing in with how important it is to Have an updated encyclical on this. A lot of young people were speaking at World Youth Day about their concerns for the climate. So several archbishops and cardinals have weighed in about the importance of the, and I pull a quote here from some folks higher up in the church, the overwhelming global evidence shows that humans have significantly altered all of the Earth's systems, the atmosphere, the oceans, the continents, and the ecosystems, and the whole community of life on Earth. So that's a pretty powerful quote to be coming from one of the largest organized Christian denominations in the world. That's been on the forefront of a lot of Catholic minds lately. And it seems like even in previous research that I had done, it seemed like all Christian denominations, and and we can get into this in a minute, I did this as part of my capstone to try to find out, you know, what puts conservatives on the fence regarding climate change or getting involved with the environmental movement. And it seems like across the board. All Christian denominations are pretty on board with this, this idea of caring for God's creation, but it's when politics gets involved and mudslinging in particular and fake news, if you will, that things start to go amok <laughs> and things start to get a little bit <laughs> a little bit skewed. <laughs> that is my lens of my background in terms of doctrine and ideologies and dogma and faith and the environment growing up. Zach, show, share with me a little bit about what your religious experience was like growing up in relation to climate change or maybe even what it is today. How have things changed? Where are you sitting on the faith and climate spectrum?
0: So I think it's interesting that we're getting a little um, environmental opinion from, I guess, the guy who technically speaks for God for about right. what one, 1. <laughs> 1.2 billion. A couple, I don't know how right. many Catholics there are. Probably over a, lot.
1: a lot, There's a yeah. lot of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty popular faith right. nowadays.
1: Well, yeah, folks have heard of it, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that he is giving his opinion on the state of the world and maybe what he believes that we as stewards of the earth should be doing to protect what God created and the creatures he wanted to survive maybe a couple of more thousand years.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Didn't send <laughs>
0: Didn't send any uh, comments at the, at the planet yet, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, w- wanted things to wait for the second coming of Christ instead of, you know, <laughs> us us nuking the planet ourselves first,
0: so. <laughs> but for me, I grew up as an Episcopalian. Uh, I was a altar boy as a kid. Used to carry the cross up with mm-hmm. the priest while I read out of the, like, super fancy big Bible. Oh, I don't man. know what's in all those extra large pages, but looked very heavy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> extra extra large print of uh, <laughs> <biblical>, right?
0: <laughs> but as I got older and sort of started to grow out of my religiosity. It was also my priest got fired, which I didn't know was legal. Oh and wow. After after that I was like, "Oh, you can just get rid of the, the religious leader here and <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, "All right, right. guys."
1: like, "Ooh, whoopsie daisy." Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> so I started to become less religious and I think my faith sort of transitioned from believing in like the one true God to believing in like the system that has been created. Maybe God created it, maybe something else created it, but something created the sun, which provides all the energy to the earth and provides everything that we see grow and provide for all the creatures that are on the planet. I think it's important that we preserve what has been created for us and don't destroy it. If there is a God, I don't think he'd appreciate us dumping sewage into the water, killing all the fish he liked. There's probably some fish that he, was, that he really will enjoy. wanted want them to have long Why? lives and we're <laughs> polluting their living space and killing their children before they can be born. My faith is in the overwhelming environmental ecosystem that was created and that we are that we can enjoy and take advantage of, but which we seem to be taking too much advantage of and degrading and hurting for future generations that, aren't going to be allowed to enjoy it. Like, what are we going to say to our grandchildren when all these species or all these species that we talk about are extinct or very rare. And it's like, wouldn't God want you to save all these animals and preserve right. them and right. keep them all around the world? Uh, what can we say? But sorry, uh, we needed right. to pump, <laughs> needed to get those uh, margins a little, little heftier.
1: Right. Fashion season came up, so we absolutely <laughs> had to be in style. So, so you've touched on something that, really resounded with me that I guess provoked, you know, my my, my train of thought because I come from a different world in terms of like faith in the climate. And one thing that I've often heard within Catholic circles is that our faith in the environment plays two roles. And there's the not so climate science and more environmental about how you know, it's a human rights issue to be as materialistic and consumerist as we are because everything that we buy seems to come from somebody who's being exploited somewhere else. So we have tons of things while some people have nothing. And then there's the other angle of, you know, when you destroy the things around you that a higher being created, whether that's God or not, you are playing God. You you are taking it upon yourself to create and to destroy the environment of things around you, and and what you do really does impact other things around you. So I know that for a lot of folks who are Catholic, there's always that thought of, well, I've got to be a good steward of God's creation, or I've got to be a good example in my community. I can't destroy whatever God has created. What is the impetus for maybe people who aren't as, I guess, religious or faithful in terms of a certain denomination or a certain religion what is your motivation in terms of you know you had mentioned well if there is a god i i don't want to tick him off but i I guess stronger than that you know what is your big picture reason for saying you know this is the right thing to do i'm going to do it or is it exactly that because it's the right thing to do i guess kind of walk me through what that perspective is for
0: you i think it does feel like it is the right thing to do and i feel morally obligated coming from like a point of um we grow up in the greatest country in the world Live in a time where we get this so much information, get to see so much of the world. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be grateful and be good stewards of what has been given to us. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of like my faith comes from protecting the animals and wildlife and plants that really don't have a voice for themselves to stand in our in our like um culture and our mm-hmm. in our political life and like protect those that ha- have no voice. I think was Jesus wanted you to protect protect and help the poor. So I think you'd also agree that helping animals is is helping those who are right, right. The vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. We are the ultimate apex predator on the planet now. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes with a certain amount of responsibility where we can direct the planet the way we, we would want. We should be directing that in a manner that protects the life that has been created and the life that is still producing and changing and evolving. We need to protect what has been given to us and continue to develop our relation with nature and the environment because this is where we came from. You can't turn our back on the natural environment and say, no, we don't belong here. We belong in cities and we belong in something better than this. We We are from nature and the environment. So we should be protecting those that didn't involve our intelligence and are still beautiful creatures and are loving, playful, and happy. We should be stewards of the great environment and planet that we have and let that planet's environment survive for the next... 100,000 years, Mm -hmm. so that everyone can enjoy it and experience it.
1: I love that. And I think that so much of this, and and I've always felt like, and it's hard to put this into words, it's just kind of a feeling you have, if you're a young conservative who has older relatives who are conservative there's almost always been this sense of pride and morality within conservative politics that you help your fellow man, you help the vulnerable, you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because you're wanting appreciation or morals or anything to that nature, or, or, you know, praise or anything to that nature. But you do it because it's the right thing to do. I know that I've always lived by the mantra of the Boy Scouts that, you know, you leave a place better than you found it. Well, I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm not God's not going to come rapture me straight into heaven, to use a Protestant word. It's just you do that because that is the right thing to do, and that's how you set a good example, and that's how you help your fellow man. So I think that that even transcends theology or denominations or faith as a whole. You do it because it's the right thing to do. Don't go throw your car battery in the ocean. Don't go chop down a whole field of trees. You know, like, like <laughs> you should just do it because it's the right thing to do, regardless of who you pray to or if you do it at all.
0: I may have a weird little opinion here that's very mm-hmm. not Catholic or Christian, but <laughs> I had a near-death experience, almost drowning when I was a little kid, and oh, had like um, a little what is it, like the the blackout, like yeah, the you see heaven kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what I imagined was everything and every creature coming to like a uh, like a sort of a waiting room, and basically their souls going out to being reborn into different animals. So I think like everything has a soul, and everything has the right to live. Mm-hmm. So. They're dying. They're going back out. And if you're a good person, maybe you got a good animal. Like maybe – like this is more of like a Hinduish kind of belief. Like, yeah. like they believe cows are like you, – you've been a great person. You become a cow. So cows are mm-hmm. sacred. If you were great, you become a human and it's your duty to stay great and take care of the world. And maybe if you were Hitler, you become a fly and just die every freaking day, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right, right. You're a dung beetle. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy rolling dung. <laughs> so there, there are a couple of quotes, you know, that I that I wanted to pull from Laudato Si' that kind of emphasize that this goes beyond the parameters of theology. Like even if somebody who was atheist or agnostic read some of these these quotes that I'm about to share, they would understand, you know, this is something anybody should be aware of, and anybody should be, you know, working on improving the environment around them. And one of these quotes is, "I urgently appeal," and this is coming from Pope Francis for a new dialogue about how we are shaping the future of our planet. We need a conversation which includes everyone since the environmental challenge we are undergoing and its human roots concern and affect us all. And I feel like that really kind of encapsulates what we're doing here. That you know there was no channel of communication for young conservatives who were concerned about the environment and concerned about the climate we helped create a channel to talk about that. And everyone includes conservatives. It includes liberals. It includes everybody who's got a say in politics contributing to the environmental movement. That's why I always laugh when people are like, this is is a political issue. If you live on the planet, you should be concerned about the climate regardless of where you are or who you're voting for or what your political ideology is. Everybody should have a stake, whether it's political or not, and improving the environment around them, whether that's picking up trash or lobbying your members of Congress or, you know, doing whatever it is that you have the means of doing. It doesn't mean as nice as this would be going out and buying an $80,000 electric vehicle in a town with a population of 1,500 people. Like that's probably great if you're living in Atlanta or New York, but not everybody in Moscow, Arkansas and Stuttgart and Bald Knob can do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's important that Every person should have a voice on their environment, on what we're doing to the environment, and it's great that someone of high religious authority is reaching out and be like, "Hey, God, God cares about this. We should not right. be destroying this thing that God created. Like, why would we? Why are we smearing and destroying what God worked so hard on?" Right. And I think a quote I found sort of um, encapsulates what my belief is. Mm-hmm. Each year sees the disappearance of thousands of plants and animal species which we will never know, which our children will never see, because they have been lost forever. The great majority become extinct for re- reasons related to human activity. And I think it's important that we take ownership of the influence we have on the world. And I'm glad that he's acknowledging that we are the influencing force, and that we should be a better steward for the other creatures that God created.
1: And I've got to say, I absolutely hate whenever you tell somebody who's like a hardcore climate denier that hey, this, this tree frog in the Amazon just disappeared. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter to me. There's a new animal that gets discovered every single day. Really? Really? That's that's your excuse for, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I don't care. That's like, that's similar to the analogy that I always hear where scientists had said in the 2000s that there was like a 98% chance that the earth would heat up to a certain level by 2025. And a lot of climate deniers were like, what only 98%? Well, until it's a hundred, I'm not going to do anything like really, <laughs> really like, dude, like at, at what point do you just say? All right, yeah, you got me. I'm going to stop throwing my car battery into the ocean. I'm going to stop pouring more motor oil in the storm drain. Like, like just, just just don't act like an animal whenever you have the opportunity to pick up your trash and just do the bare minimum. <laughs> like, don't stop going out of your way to like pollute the environment.
0: We know that God cared cares about every single little animal there is because He has to know it not to save some animals, but to go and save every animal. Imagine how much hard work that must have been going going to the Amazon saving all these yeah, freaking I, random I, frogs I, or
1: like poisonous <laughs> spiders. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, <laughs> must I, have I,
0: been a very difficult. Build
1: <laughs> right. I did not. I did. I do not envy that task. I think I'd have been like, ah can I be the guy who goes up the mountain and gets the tablets? Like, I think that's going to be a little <laughs> bit easier. <laughs> yeah, then a nice gathering up, right. Again, <laughs> gathering up two of every animal.
0: <laughs> but Katie. Yeah. Is organized religion a good way to get some conservatives involved in the climate and the environmental movement?
1: I'm glad you asked that because I have, and this always sounds weird to say, I have a public service nonprofit background. I don't know that I'm much of a public servant. I think I'm always aspiring to be a public servant. And one thing that I've noticed throughout my career is that it's a lot easier to use organizations that already have kind of a hierarchy set up and they have established connections in their community in order to get things done. It is so much easier to work with existing organizations than it is to just start a brand new one. And I've noticed that. And not just the Catholic Church, but a lot of organized religions are a great way to figure out the resources that are in your community, who those organized religions work with, some of the needs that they're seeing, assessing some of the things that they're doing in their community. For me, that looks like working with my local diocese to figure out you know what opportunities are there. What would we like to work on? What would ideally somebody be spearheading if we had more manpower more time or more money? It's a great segue into seeing what's already there and who's already involved, but also identifying where are the gaps and how can you stand in those gaps.
0: Yeah, so do you think uh, the politics has sort of infringed on the um, faithful movement towards environmentalism, do you think?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because I had originated, okay, so originally I planned for my master's capstone to be about the things that make conservatives feel a little icky about getting involved in the climate change and environmental movement. So that consisted of, Identifying either through tons of research that had already been conducted, through interviews, surveys, things of that nature, what conservatives identified as the reason that they did not want to get involved in the climate movement or why they were skeptical of the climate movement. Almost every single reason came down to politics or finances. And I'm talking people ran the gamut in terms of what their faiths were, whether they were Christian or not, whether they were atheist or not, whether they were Protestant or Catholic, it did not matter. There did not seem to be much correlation there. Where the numbers started showing up was in terms of, you know, people thought that it was just a big government overreach. They thought that it was just an excuse to build low income and blue collar conservatives out of their money. It was just a way to raise taxes. And I've told a lot of people this that I've discussed it with. Don't get me wrong. I want to see Ronald Reagan when I go to heaven, but he's not the first person I want to see. I want to see God before I see Ronald Reagan. And for me, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, don't don't get me wrong. (laughs) I want to see him when I get there. But for me, it's about the big picture. Somebody who is in Mexico and can't breathe because they're in a bowl of smog is not going to care about Ronald Reagan. Somebody who is in China making 10,000 of the same shirts for Shin is not going to care about Ronald Reagan. (laughs) At the end of the day, for me, it's about, Seeing past the political barriers and the political lines and the letters that people have behind their name on the ballot and realizing what it's actually all about, which is just being a good human to your neighbor. If you have something, help them. If you've got a way to clean up, do it. I don't care if you're not going to get praise for it or if you're not going to get a billion dollars for it or whatever. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Like, regardless of who you vote for, etc. I think everybody who's listening to this probably votes for the same genre of folks. But like, look, look past (laughs) early November (laughs) and figure out what it is that you want to do in your world around you that transcends politics.
0: That was beautifully put. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. But Zach, I did, I did want to go ahead. I didn't, I didn't mean to. You go, you go. (laughs) Well, I I was going to ask you, you know, I've talked a lot about Laudato Si and the impact that this has had on not only Catholics, but on Protestants and other Christians as well is there any value in terms of um, religious leaders taking sands like this or the creation of religious documents like this for somebody who fits more within, I guess, your box in terms of not as faithful as other folks? Does that, what is your perspective when I kind of tell you about things like this?
0: I think it's great. I think anyone of power and influence reaching out and discussing how this is an important issue of our time and how we should be discussing it, how we should be trying to figure out solutions for it, and just acknowledging that it's that climate change is an issue and that it's real and that we have to address it. If we get every political leader, every religious leader on the same page and tackle this issue, we, we get to solve it in no time. Every step counts. Every person counts. Every person you convince. Every action you take is a step in the right direction, and it's what we need to do every day. Keep working on it. Whoever's working on that is important to continuing the environmental movement and creating and keeping a beautiful environment, especially around you and your local area.
1: Excellent. Very well put. Excellently said.
0: I also think that religious gatherings are probably one of the best places to like really push and uh, get activism started.
1: Yeah, because you the sense of community is already there. That's yeah, a it's good already point.
0: built. It's already a weekly meeting. You're already going there. You're already hanging out for... An hour there, an hour after, at, at like the coffee hour. Right. Well, if, you all, if everyone in that community gets together and goes out and does something for local environment, picks up litter, goes and plants trees, plants a little garden, it creates such a good sense of community and provides so much to that local community that they're in. And people appreciate like- that. Even if you're not religious, you'll join that.
1: Right, and it seems like so many of those communities are already intergenerational. You know either the person, or you know their grandparent, <laughs> or you know their parent, or everybody refers to you as so-and-so's child, which is often the case with me, which is better than having some <laughs> spooky, scary outsider that has only showed up for about a month trying to tell you, hey, let's all organize a cleanup. Like, what? Who are you? So, <laughs> so that's a good point. I didn't think about utilizing that existing community on a local level on a smaller scale. That's really sharp.
0: Yeah, th- when I was a uh, in youth, the youth group or whatever, we used to go and help the homeless, go and mm-hmm. bake pies or Thanksgiving food, and we'd also go and like pick up litter, like clean up parks and stuff. And I I love doing that. It was That great... sounds
1: like a party. Yeah, I need to organize something
0: like
1: that. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. We also used to pie? have
0: like uh, sleepovers and play a manhunt <laughs> around the oh, around that's the church grounds.
1: Fun. Okay. All right. Well, now I know what I'm gonna pitch for everybody. We're going to do a lock-in <laughs> after we've gardened and weeded and everything like that. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode and as per usual, we do have an action step for you. I know that Hannah loves giving you all a book recommendation, but I'm going to give you a little something different today. If you're a person of faith, find out what your church or denomination has to say about creation care or about the environment and share that on social media. If they don't have a stance on this, write to a leader in your church and share your thoughts with them.
0: I think I've got a good book recommendation. It's called the, uh, oh. the Bible.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a bestseller, did you know?
0: It's a pretty popular one. I think I've read it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, you know, you might as well get around to reading it at some point or another, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Green Tea Party Radio. And a very special thank you to all of our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. If you're interested in getting early access to episodes, as well as Green Tea Party Radio merch, check us out at greenteapartyradio.com.
1: Email us with your thoughts about this episode. Is faith an important part of your life? How does it affect how you see the natural world and the impacts of climate change? Our email address is info at greenteapartyradio.com. That's info at greenteapartyradio.com.
0: Yes, we definitely want to know what is, what is on your mind. Follow Green Tea Party Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks for coming to the party.
1: it's that beautiful time of year where things finally look like fall Uh, and you had mentioned getting out to take advantage of it at some point like dear hannah did what are some of the things that you plan on doing in the next few weeks before it gets too bitterly cold and the holidays come up too fast
0: oh i definitely want to go hiking i've heard the the trees around up up in the uh, mountains around denver are beautiful during the fall Mm -hmm. so definitely want to take advantage of that and uh, I'm a basketball player, so take advantage of the warm weather while I can here. The 300 days of sun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right. <laughs> Gotta oh, get out. So interesting. Yeah, so do you go skiing up there?
0: Uh, I am learning to ski. My no I went the way. first time this past winter, and my girlfriend skied the entire mountain down backwards, and I but fell while <laughs> her.
1: <laughs> hey, well that's better than me. We don't ever get enough snow to do anything with. So <laughs> just just enough for people to, you know, not leave their house and get one day off and then it's like nasty gross slushy sleet. What's so. the
0: what's the big uh, Arkansas activity for the fall? Uh,
1: uh, tornadoes, same as <laughs> spring, god. summer and winter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's tornado season. Yeah, it's oh god.
1: Tornado season all the way around trying to oh. talk my mosquitoes. That's our hobby. So other than harvesting crops, so (laughs) nothing too exciting.
2: (laughs) Conservative and concerned about climate change. You're not alone. My name is Chelsea Henderson and I host Republicen.org's Eco Right Speaks, bringing you weekly guest interviews and stories. John
1: Kasich, Christine Todd Whitman, Congresswoman Nancy Mace, meteorologist Marshall Shepard. Each week, we have a conversation with an right leader bringing you information, opinions, personal stories, and much, much more. Download, listen,
2: subscribe, and join us each week on the Right Speaks. Hi, I'm Drew Eierle. I am the Conservative Outreach Director for Citizens Climate Lobby. My path to being a conservative, concerned about climate action, was definitely a long one. Growing up in this very rural area, you had to be into the outdoors or you were gonna be bored out of your mind. So I grew up doing a lot of hunting, fishing. I was the only the, the second person on my mom's side to graduate high school. I graduated June 6th, 05, at like 7.30 at night, and by eight o'clock the next morning, I was on my way to basic training on my 17th birthday. <laughs> had deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, rotations through Cuba. It was during this time that I really became concerned with energy infrastructure, but I wasn't ready to take action yet. It took the birth of a 10 pound baby girl with cheeks so big she couldn't open her eyes to really get me to open mine. My life just went from the next 50 years to the next 75. What if she's the veteran that follows in my footsteps and she's in the VA suffering from exposure, You know, what if she's on a fossil fuel route and, you know, subject to an IED? How will I be able to look at her in the eye and say, I knew that this could be an issue that you would have to face and I chose to do nothing about it? It's why we fight wars, you know, we fight them now so our kids don't have to. I am fighting climate change now so my daughters don't have to. A lot of people, you know, they say conservatives don't care about climate change and, you know, not true at all. We just want sensible policies that don't destroy the economy in trying to find a solution. We have that here at Citizens Climate Lobby. There are a lot of leadership opportunities for conservatives, especially in red states and districts with Republican congressional offices. Conservatives can also join CCL's conservative caucus. It's a national group of Republicans and other right-of-center individuals where conservatives can get together and regularly meet online and have strictly conservative-based conversations. Sharing our personal story is how we make a difference.